A special thanks goes out to the folks at Anchor.fm for bringing you this podcast. Hello, everyone. This week, we begin a short story by John Isaac Jones, Serpentus Saragosi, the story of a young boy named Wilton and his very special friend. I'm Tom Zania, and this is Tom Reads Your Story. Coming to you almost live, it's time once again for Tom Reads Your Story, the number one spoken word podcast on the web for audiobooks, social media posts, current events, and just plain whatever. So let's start the show. For the next half hour, I'll be your host. I'm voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. In early September comes a story of horror and haunting regret. A group of homeless men fishing for a little fun and folly latch on to something that might be a mermaid. Remember, regret lives on and lingers long after the last teardrop has fallen. Harry's Mermaid is written by the poetic master of modern-day horror, Steve Vernon, and narrated by Tom Zanian. Rust Belt, USA, where steel is dead, hope is scarce, and hardship is a way of life. Miles Junction is but one of many northeastern Ohio towns, long forgotten and left behind, its residents living on the cusp of financial, emotional, even spiritual destitution. Taking place during the last few decades of the 20th century, in just the right light, written by William R. Solden and narrated by Tom Zania, is a glimpse at one region's bleak inheritance and the precarious lives of those who remain to rummage through the fallout of its past. There's a doorway on Mars that has mankind's greatest minds perplexed. Deep beneath Mars, an ancient secret is revealed, and a team of explorers led by Forrest Judge, Deputy Commander. The doorway closes, and the team is trapped. Six mission specialists each with unique skills, each with different reasons for wanting to break free of the primordial trap. In Dinosaur Red, written by Edward J. McFadden III and narrated by Tom Zania, Judge is forced to choose between escape and changing the course of humanity. What will he do? All three of these great books are narrated by Tom Zania and are available now at audible.com. professional sound for your podcast? I'm Tom Zania, voice actor and podcast host of Tom Reads Your Story. I can give you the sound you're looking for for your podcast intros and advertisements at the price and turnaround you need. So don't hesitate and send me a message at TomReadYourStory at Yahoo.com. And we are back. Welcome back, everyone. 
I'm glad you're here. We uh, we do a lot of things here at the show. We uh, at Tom Read Your Story. Uh, lately, we've been concentrating on books that I have narrated. Um, I've also uh, read a lot of Facebook posts that I felt were very compelling, written by some wonderful writers. And we, we're playing today uh, a book by John Isaac Jones, who I have mentioned several times on the podcast. He's a very good writer from Florida. And today I'm going to be playing for you a book of his, a short story of his uh, that I did several years ago called Serpentus Saragossae. That is a snake, for those of you who don't know. And uh, this is a story about a young boy named Wilton who has an illness and is sent to live, uh, after his parents die, uh, is sent to live with an aunt. Uh, And I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, But getting back to John Isaac Jones, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit today about John since we're only playing chapter one today, Uh, somewhat short. So I I wanted to tell you a little bit about him, and I'm going to read from uh, the uh, Amazon.com section about his books. He has many available on Amazon. Not all of them are audiobooks that are available on Audible. Uh, so there's some here that he hasn't had done yet, so I, I'd probably need to get in touch with him. Um, but I'm going to read a little bit about uh, John Isaac Jones about the author. John Isaac Jones is a retired journalist and novelist currently living and writing at Merritt Island, Florida. For more than 30 years, John I, as he prefers to be called, was a reporter for media outlets throughout the world. His latest book, A Quiet Madness, is a work of historical fiction about the life of Edgar Allan Poe, author of the short story classics, The Telltale Heart and The Cask of Amontillado. Uh, I, of course, by the way, read The Raven. And I may play that for you sooner or later, maybe around Halloween. (laughs) Jones is the author of eight novels, two short story collections, and five novellas. So he's got a, a pretty healthy list here of um, of books that are available on uh, excuse me on Amazon and of course Audible has his audiobooks and like I just mentioned not all of what he's written has been converted into audio I'm sure it will be eventually here's a list of what he's written, A Quiet Madness, a biographical novel of Edgar Allan Poe, 
13 Stories, The Bird of Time, The Angel Years, The Duck Springs Affair, Alabama Stories, Thanks PG, Memoirs of a Tabloid Reporter. That sounds like something that is autobiographical. Blood on the Salad, one that I narrated. The Hand of God, For Love of Daniel, which I narrated. Pauline, uh, Going Home, which I narrated. That was one of the first books I ever did, actually. Uh, The Old Indian. Let's see what else we have here in the next page. Angel Unaware, which I narrated. The Agreement. Tembo Makaburi. Lonely Magnolia, which I narrated and played for you very recently. Trapping Rabbits. And there's a few others on here. But let's get started with uh, with the story that I'm talking about today, uh, Serpentis Saragosi. We will listen to the first chapter today, and I want to finish up chapters 2, 3, 4, and 5, the conclusion, next week. So here is chapter 1 of Serpentis Saragosi by John Isaac Jones. Enjoy. Serpentus Saragosi by John Isaac Jones Chapter 1 Wilton Little Wilton didn't have long for this earth. Only days after his eighth birthday, he'd been diagnosed with a rare form of anemia, a debilitating disease that slowly but surely destroys the red blood cells in the body. From the first, doctors said the disease was incurable, but noted that if he took his medication and led a sedate lifestyle, he might live up to two, maybe three more years. Doctors said his frail body couldn't handle the stress of going to school, so he would have to remain quietly in the family home, take his medications, and try to live out his final days as peacefully and as comfortably as possible. At the time of the diagnosis, his parents had brought in a part-time nurse to attend to his medical needs, and Wilton seemed to be living quite comfortably. Now, two years after the original diagnosis, the frail youngster found himself living in pure hell after a tragic accident befell his parents. While returning from a dinner party one night, both parents were killed in a head-on car crash, and little Wilton was left an orphan. Shortly afterward, the court designated Miss Hilda Westbrook, his mother's oldest sister, as his new guardian. In his decision, the judge noted that the aunt had some nursing experience and could also attend to his medical needs while serving as his protector. Once she was installed in the home, however, Wilton's life became a daily struggle to maintain his sanity. It seemed that the aunt, a large, late-forties, never-married woman, only lived to make Wilton's final days on this earth 
as miserable as possible. If the frail ten-year-old was in the kitchen making a sandwich, she would always come in and start shouting about the way he was proceeding. She never said anything softly and calmly. Look at you, she would yell angrily. You're using too much mayonnaise. And you only need two slices of meat. Why are you using three? Little Wilton would look sadly at her, then, rather than argue, scoop off a portion of mayonnaise as per her specifications and put only two slices of meat on his sandwich. If Wilton was feeling cold and wanted to lower the living room window to warm up the room, he was instant prey. Get away from that window, she would shout. It's warm enough in here already. Get away. Now, obediently, the child would turn from the window and retreat to his room. His aunt knew that Wilton liked to sleep until 8.30, but promptly at 7 a.m. each morning, his tormentor would burst into his room, turn on the overhead light, and begin shouting, Get up! Get out of bed! she would say. You're sleeping your life away. Poor Wilton, sleepy-eyed and fatigued, would sit up in bed. But, Aunt Hilda, he would plead, rubbing his eyes, it's only 7 a.m. Can't I sleep a little longer? No, she would shout. Get up, go wash yourself, and have your breakfast. Wilton would look pitifully at his tormentor, then, knowing it was useless to argue, he would throw his feet over the side of the bed and begin his day. There seemed to be no end to the torment. Many times he felt his aunt was doing everything in her power to hasten his death. After all, once he was gone, she would receive the handsome family trust his parents had left to him upon their deaths. Worst of all was the constant loneliness. Since he was an only child and not in school, he had no playmates. There were two housekeepers, but he couldn't befriend them. All they knew how to say was, How are you feeling today, Wilton? Can I get you anything? Isn't it a lovely day? And he certainly couldn't befriend his Aunt Hilda. She never had a kind word for him. Wilton wanted someone or something to talk to, to relate to and share his life with. The final blow came when his Aunt Hilda refused to let him have a pet. Once he had caught a small white lizard, a Lissertilla Blanca, and hid it in a clear glass jug under his bed. When his aunt was away, he would spend hours playing with the lizard and watching as the reptile skittered about the bedroom floor, catching an occasional fly. Fearful that his prize might starve, Wilton dug up an ant bed in the backyard, then placed the ants and the earth into another clear jug and hid it under his bed. At feeding time, he would place the lizard inside, then would watch happily as the hungry beast made a feast of the trapped ants. Then disaster struck. One morning... One of the housekeepers and his Aunt Hilda barged into his room following a trail of ants from the kitchen. Once they had followed the trail of tiny insects to his treasure trove under the bed, his aunt exploded. You little brat, 
she shouted, bringing ants into this house. Have you no brains? Now we have ants in the kitchen crawling around the food and silverware. Quickly, she gathered up both of the glass jars, then went outside to the backyard. Through his bedroom window, Wilton watched as she dumped the contents of both jugs on the ground, then cruelly stomped the life out of the lizard when it tried to escape. His eyes filled with tears as he watched. Task completed, she rushed back inside to give the child a lecture. But I don't have any friends, Wilton would protest. Can I just have a little creature of nature to talk to and share my life with? No, you don't need any friends, she shouted. You're sick and need to stay quiet for your health's sake. Look at me. I don't have any friends, and I'm perfectly happy. Then he would look away dejectedly. He wanted to say to her, who in the world could possibly want to be your friend? As mean and cruel as you are, who would ever want to be your friend? But he didn't. He knew it would only bring on more hell. Now go to your room, take your bath, and go to bed. Aunt Hilda, it's only 6.30. Do as I say, she would shout. Then Wilton would turn away obediently and do as she ordered. Now, for the past two weeks, Wilton had had a small turtle hidden in the old tool shed in the backyard. It was an eastern snapping turtle, a Chalidra serpentine, that Wilton had named Oscar. The child had captured the turtle and placed it in a small wooden box on a shelf near a window so it could receive sunlight. Once the box was in place, he moved several gardening tools in front to conceal it from prying eyes, and whenever his aunt was out of sight, Wilton would sneak into the shed and feed it lettuce and vegetables he had stolen from the kitchen. He loved to watch the tiny creature nip off pieces of lettuce in tiny mouthfuls and chew endlessly before it swallowed and was ready for another bite. All the while, he would marvel at its tiny claw-like feet, its oblong olive-green head, and the light brown and dark yellow ringed formations nature had placed on its protective shell. And that was Chapter One of Serpentus Saragossae by John Isaac Jones. I hope you like that today. Appreciate you stopping by. That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Tom Reads Your Story. Portions were pre-recorded. Please tell your friends if you enjoyed your visit today because we're always looking for new ones. Thanks, Anchor.fm, for this opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. Take care, everyone. Bye now. This is Tom Zania. For more information on my availability for your e-learning, commercial, or audiobook project, visit my website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. We hope you visit us again real soon for another episode of Tom Reads Your Story.